in here we've got the heart. Because our mind might say, God wants me to live generously. Um, my will kind of goes, I don't want to do that. I want to spend money on myself. And every day our soul is actually conditioned by the world in which we live in um, to actually spend, to be a consumer. If you were to ask Australians what the idol of Australia is, it would be consumerism, materialism. You go to India or um, China, you might find statues of Buddha or other um, statues, but in our culture it's materialism. So to become generous is really, really hard to become like Jesus was because our will doesn't necessarily want to and our soul has constantly been conditioned. So then our heart is torn. On the one hand, we want to live generously, but on the other hand, we don't really want to do that. It's also different, difficult to submit to the Lordship of Jesus because we think of it as a list of don'ts and every generation has their own list. In my generation, it was around money. You know, submitting to the Lordship of Jesus was about the tithes and offerings. It was also about sexual purity, like you remained a virgin until you were married. It was something that was really important in our generation, in our time. But if I look at the next generation coming through, the list of um, what it means to submit to the Lordship of Jesus includes inclusion, it includes climate and environment. For them, they're big issues in terms of submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so we've kind of thought of it as a list of don'ts and it kind of gets us into trouble, especially when we're reading the book of Acts because the book of Acts isn't really about a list of don'ts. Jesus invites us, the Holy Spirit invites us to submit to his lordship and then there's this great big adventure that actually begins to happen, that begins to unfold. And one of the other things that makes the lordship of Jesus difficult is because we've thought about it in terms of do's and don'ts but we have ignored the character. We have ignored submitting to the character of Jesus and so this is why you can have, for example, a slave owner in uh, the US. Uh, he can read his Bible and obey his Bible, but at the same time he can flog a slave person, whip a slave person and keep reading his Bible because he's not submitting to the character of Jesus. It's why you can have leaders who lead churches and they can be harsh and hard because they're not submitting to the character of Jesus. They can be very biblically sound and very truthful and they can, they can um, create growth and all that kind of stuff, but they haven't submitted to the character of Jesus. So therefore, the character that's coming out isn't loving, it isn't patient, it isn't kind. And at the moment, the church in Australia has a character issue and our culture is saying to us, you are not kind, you are not patient and you are not loving. And it's because we haven't submitted to the character of who Jesus actually is. So when we're talking about the lordship of Jesus, it's quite complex. It's not just a simple list of do's and don'ts. And what I love about this, what we're going to explore today is, is that we're going to see when the Holy Spirit came, we're going to see the character of who Holy Spirit was. And then in the next year, we're going to actually go on, a, on an adventure because the invitation to submit to the Lord Jesus, the, the Lordship of Jesus was actually an invitation to a way of life that was filled with adventure. It was filled with this partnership with the Holy Spirit where they just got to love the community and they turned the world upside down. 
they, they just turned it upside down because they were in this amazing, um, dynamic kind of relationship. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. And I'm actually going to ask you, because what we're trying to do this year um, in most churches, where's my um, thing gone? And we've probably done this as well. <clears throat> we tend to have a lot on education, a little bit on equipping, and a tiny little bit on experience. But when you actually start going through the book of Acts, what you find is you find experience. You find that experience is the primary thing. And also with Jesus, Jesus very rarely did education before he immersed the disciples into an experience. So for Jesus, he often asked a question afterwards, after they'd had an experience. He got them to reflect on it. But he mainly taught through experience. So this year we're trying to to kind of shift the education to get out of our heads because we're going through the book of Acts and we want it to be an experiential thing. And what I love, what I love when you read the book of Acts from beginning to end, what you see time and time again is when they're in trouble and they're standing in courts or they're being flogged or they're being imprisoned, they constantly, they don't say, well, here are the five irrefutable laws as to why Jesus rose from the dead. What they say is, I have seen Jesus and I have seen what he does I hear from God and this is what he's saying. It's this experiential um, living out of the kind of faith. So I'm going to ask you as part of the experience to stand out of respect for God's word. So everybody stand and we're just going to read this beautiful passage um, from Acts chapter 2. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, <laughs> Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonder of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Please be seated. Tim, if we can just keep that slide, yep, that one on, that would be great. <clears throat> so first of all, <laughs> making Jesus Lord for the early disciples meant obeying Jesus and going and waiting together in a room. 
So it meant waiting. It meant talking to God. It meant Jesus had said to them, go and wait for me, wait for the sign, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And so they went and they waited and it says that they prayed and they were doing it together. It wasn't an individualized thing. They were doing it together. They were waiting and they were praying. And then what happened is they heard God. It says that this, the sound of the Holy Spirit came. It was the sound of a rushing wind. So they hear. It's an auditory miracle. It's an auditory thing that's happening. And then they saw, then they saw flames of fire on each person's head. So they saw an image of God. They saw um, God wanted to give them something that they could tangibly see. And so they saw it. And then they were filled with God's presence, with the Holy Spirit. And then the people around them, the people in the city, began to hear them in their own language. So again, it was an auditory sound. It was an auditory miracle. So the Holy Spirit hasn't come with political power. He hasn't come with um, church power or religious power. He's come... And what, he, what happens when we um, hear one another is, is that we are seen. And so the Holy Spirit's coming with love and he's saying, I see you. I see you. By enabling everybody to speak in the different languages, the gift that's given is understanding. I remember um, when Camilla... Um, there was this stage where morning where she actually began to babble and I'd never really understood that in terms of speech development that it was a really important stage I watched Erica Erica got so emotional she's 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 almost in tears she's so excited her daughter's babbling and I'm kind of going what's all that about like you know she was walking I could understand that but but the babble what's the babble about because I'm not a speechy But for Erica, it was a profound step. It was as important as taking that very first step if you were walking because all of a sudden she understood that her daughter was going to actually one day be able to speak and to be able to communicate. And when we can speak and when we can communicate and when we can listen, when we can listen to one another, the gift that's given is this great gift of understanding. We can be seen, we can be heard, we can share our deepest things. I've got a friend and their little one, he has this very rare genetic disorder which means that the muscles which help us to be able to speak, his aren't developing and so his speech is so limited but intellectually he's just the same as Camilla and all the other little children in this room but he can't communicate what he needs and what he what he's feeling and he can't communicate everything that's going on in there and I often feel so sad for him because it's hard to see into him it's hard to see what it is that he's trying to express it's hard to understand what's going on for him and for him to get that out and so this is the gift that the Holy Spirit's giving he's kind of saying I see you I hear I understand I want to be in a relationship with you and he wants us in in turn to be able to hear him and so it's this beautiful relational giving this beautiful relational gift that he's actually giving us the other thing is like I look at this I don't know about you But I look at this and I think, wow, if I was an Egyptian, you think about all the different cultures that are there. You know, you've got Asian culture, you've got um, 
Arabic culture, you've got African culture, you've got European culture. I mean, I've been to some of those countries and they're all so vastly different, all so with their own incredible history, their own customs, their own way, their own food, their own everything. And all of a sudden, I wonder, I wonder what it felt like. All of a sudden, these people who supposedly were following Jesus understood them and were having a conversation with them. I reckon there was a lot of peace that was increased that day, a lot of love and a lot of compassion that was increased that day. And then the last comment I want to make is something that I don't think is valued anymore in our culture, and I think we're missing out. The miracle didn't happen to an individual. The miracle happened when they were gathered together in one place and Holy Spirit showed up as they were together praying out loud, seeking God together. And my prayer is, is that come December of this year, that as a church congregation, we will be able to pray together out loud, together, all at once. Because I don't think that we have the muscle at the moment to be able to do that. I think that if I were to say today is our prayer experience, okay, we're all going to stand up and for the next 15, 20 minutes, we're all just going to pray to God together and then wait and see what the Holy Spirit might do. I don't think that we have enough muscle. Some of you would walk out and leave and go home because you would feel threatened. Others of you would chatter about, you know, your life and your stress and your worry and, you know, we're just having a pastoral session over here. Others of you would sit there with your arms folded and cross. <laughs> we, we wouldn't be able to do it. And others of you might stand if I asked you to stand and do it and you would remain mute. And I don't think that that's what Holy Spirit wants for us. I think he wants us to be this vibrant community that can pray together and believe that God has a plan and a purpose and that he's positioned us in this time in history and in this time in this city for a purpose and a plan to love and to see people and to be compassionate and patient and to see him do things that we thought were unimaginable. I believe this year that some of you are going to get healed. I believe that some of you this year are going to have amazing conversations with friends and family and you're going to see breakthrough where there hasn't been breakthrough before. But I do believe that increasing the prayer temperature of this church and getting us up off our bottoms, getting our arms uncrossed and our arms up in the air saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to fill me. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need you. And I'm also fed up with my pathetic little Christian life and I actually want something more. I'm fed up. I want more. And so that's my prayer. That's my bold prayer that by December, that as a church, that we will be in that place and seeing Holy Spirit do amazing things. So today is the start of a 12-month adventure of pushing in, of trying to learn a little bit about what the, new, what the disciples experienced in Acts 2, of waiting on Holy Spirit and of listening to the Holy Spirit as a body of believers. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next 15 minutes praying in an, in an individualistic manner or you can go with partners or you can go as a family and we've got different prayer stations so it's not going to be threatening so you can all relax, the heartbeat can go down. The first station we have is over here and it's, th it's the throne 
And it's a space where you can, there's a, there's a piece of paper there with a crown on it and a pen. And you, you can, I'd encourage you to sit there and sort of say, ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, are you, is Jesus really Lord or is there something else that's Lord of my life? And in my culture, I would say that the three things that are Lord of our life is our play, consumerism and sport. So that space is about sort of saying, Jesus, are you actually king? Are you actually Lord? Holy Spirit, reveal if there's anything in me that needs to change. Making Jesus Lord is a way of organising our life. It's an organising value in which we organise our life around. The second station is a station about forgiveness and it's on these two tables over here. And there's little torches there and as you shine the torch on a piece of paper and you put your hand over the piece of paper, I want you to ask, Holy Spirit, is there any shadow in my life that I need to ask for forgiveness and to confess? Is there anything that I need forgiveness for? Or, as you put your hand over the torch, is there someone that I need to forgive? Or, yeah, that one's the forgiveness one. The third station is in the chapel and there's just going to be some music there. There's yoga mats there. There's some bean bags. There's a table if you don't want to get on the floor with chairs around it. And for the next 15 minutes, you just get to be still. Holy Spirit, come, speak to me. Be still. We're not still as a culture. You can breathe in. God of love, you are here. You breathe out. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. And then the fourth um, station that we have is uh, letting someone um, pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Tim and I are going to be over here. Maybe you just want to be filled. Maybe um, nobody's ever prayed for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're just going to be over here. If you want to pray for healing, you can come over. Anything that you want to pray for, you can go over there. <laughs> And then the fifth station is what I call the ripple effect. And what I want you to do is the, the believers waited and prayed that they, that, and they wanted a ripple effect. And people went home that day knowing Jesus and knowing the good news because the disciples had um, waited on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit had done this miracle. And so what we're wanting you to do there is to drop a rock in, watch the, watch the ripples go and then ask Holy Spirit, where in my life could I have a ripple effect? How could I have a ripple effect in the world in which I live? And then the last one, the sixth station, which is on these two tables, is where you just get to write, you get to sit there and you get to say to Holy Spirit, what's, what's my bold prayer for 2024? For me, I want the debt off this building. I want, I want to see um, people come to, to know Jesus and I want to see us being bold and able to pray together um, as, as one believer. Um, there's lots of other things as well, but, you know, they're the ones I'm willing to share. And so you can do, you can move around the different stations, you can have um, an exploration of each station or you can just, for the next 15 minutes, just enjoy one station. Okay, so if we can just put some background music on. And Jono, do you mind just going into the chapel and hitting the press on the phone there? And you get to choose. So go and enjoy the next 15 minutes with the Holy Spirit.
community. John has just gone to get the guys from um, the chapel. Um, but we don't want to close this off without pushing into maybe sharing, providing an opportunity for you to share what the experience was like. So we've got three questions up here on the screen. How comfortable did I feel practicing waiting on God with other people present? How did you sense God speak? So did you feel God speak? And what did that feel like? Where in your body did you maybe feel that? Maybe you felt nothing. Um, but maybe you did feel something. Um, and then do you think Holy Spirit might want to speak to us as a community? And do you think it's possible that by the end of the year we could pray together out loud, wait together and hear from God? What do you think might be some of the obstacles? So... Um, I kind of sense that it's um, a, a, a tender moment at the moment. And so what I'd encourage you to do is either do this in pairs or do it in a small group at your table. Um, just quietly have a little conversation just with these three, just for five minutes, and then I'm just going to close in prayer. Okay? But let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I know that you've been present today. I know that you've spoken. I know that you've done things today that we can't do for ourselves. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I just pray that as we leave here today that we will be encouraged and emboldened to just trust you tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and just to keep asking you, come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, let me see what you see. Let me hear what you hear. Come Holy Spirit, show me. Show me who you are. Let me see you in this world. And everybody said, Amen. Have a great week everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed the message and that it's had great impact on you. If you want prayer, would like to connect with us further, or you just have questions, we would love to chat. You can find us at www.tarescommunitychurch.com.au or you can find us on Facebook. Have a great week.